Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy, God's mercy. And then let me just give you an extra nugget of gold in, in Proverbs, verse 14. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Amen to that. Can we testify to that? Can we not? Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 11, and let's read verse 3. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. May I ask you, may I challenge you, I know right now your prayer, and you can add this word to your prayer list, Pray for your husband and wife to walk with integrity, to, with honesty, that they would turn their heart to the Lord with integrity, humble, humble themselves, but they would then change and to have a life of integrity. That's what we want, isn't it? Don't you and I want to walk with integrity? And then let me jump you down to verse 5. The righteousness of the blameless makes a straight way for them. Remember we talked about the narrow way? But the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. In verse 6, the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. And we want to pray for our husbands and wives and children and loved ones to become faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Set free, break off the shackles, and set them free from all the evil desires of the sinful nature. That's one of the teachings we're going to probably do next month is about sexual immorality. Now, that does not cover all of us here. Everybody has a different, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Sin is sin, you know. Gossip is sin, okay? So, you know, we've got to get everything in, in right order, and there's not one sin that's worse than another sin except for one sin where it says, you know, it's bad, and that's blasphemy in the Holy Spirit. So we need to understand that are we praying correctly or specifically enough that we can, that we're, we're taking that where a surgeon is doing surgery and he may use a laser or he may use a knife, but whatever he's doing, he's going right to that tumor or to that part of the body that's got it in it and he cuts it out. And then when he cuts it out, he leaves a margin on the outside that they're, they're, it's clean. When they come out and tell you, they say they got everything and it's clean. There's no more. We need the Holy Spirit to go in and tune in to your husband or wife's and children's hearts to cut away all the evil desires of the sinful nature, the flesh that is just tempting them. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will just tune in and laser cut everything, that there is a margin that all of a sudden when the Lord sews them up, they are clean. They are filled and they are ready to listen to him open their spiritual eyes and ears and heart because the tumor and the sin has been removed and the Lord's going to set them free suddenly and said, you're healed. Go home. 
to your, to your husband. Go home. How many times? And when you read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will read it over and over again. I've done teachings on it. That when the Lord touches somebody, that they were lame or they were a beggar, he, that they wanted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to go into his ministry. And he said, go home to your family. Go home to your town. He wanted then to become a witness of what Jesus Christ had done and have more disciples there. That is what we're to do. Don't think we're supposed to be sitting here and crying and, and we need to stand up and become a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what we have been, we be, the devil has told us we need to walk in here defeated. But you know what? When Bob went up to heaven, the, the, the growth in this ministry grew. And I just know he went up there and he says, okay. What do we need to do? And, and Charlene said, all I got time to do is work, 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 or pray, pray, pray. You know? And I'm, I'm never caught up. I'm never. My, my son says to me, your favorite word is, I'm busy. I'm so busy. And I said, well, praise the Lord, I'm busy. <laughs> because I'm sure haven't caught up. Could we stop the divorce rate in the church in the United States? To, I wouldn't have to be so busy. You know, that would be awesome. We could start dealing with not 50% or not have more divorces and marriage problems in the church than we do outside the church, you know. That's pretty bad. We need to have the church have a lighthouse on the top of it say, we have the answer. But we don't write the second. Because I can send Pete, say to people, go to your church, and they will go to their pastor, and their pastor says, let me have you join this divorce recovery, or let me have you get on with your life. You want that man or that wife to come back? They did that? Forget it. And that's where we got to understand, you need to pray for the pastors. You need to make a difference in your prayer life, and that's what I'm challenging you to do. Because when Moses had a personal encounter, and let's go to Exodus chapter 3. You know, we talk about Damascus Road experiences, but maybe we never forget the burning bush experience. Exodus, did, what did I, what chapter book did I say? Exodus chapter 3, okay, verses 2 through 8. Let me start reading. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush, and Moses saw that the burning bush was on, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am there's the I am. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt or in India or Puerto Rico or Maryland. I have seen the misery of the people. And you put in your city and your home address. I've seen the misery. 
I hear their tears and their, see their tears and hear their crying. I hear it. Don't you ever doubt that God knows what you're going through right now. He's right there. And you got to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, help me. And he will. He can help you more than any other person on earth. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. He is concerned about your suffering, dear children. Dear standards, don't think he doesn't care about you. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. So I've come down to rescue your spouses. I've come to rescue your families. Can you see how he's speaking to us? And to bring them out of that land in a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, in the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and I'm going to go on and on, but I'll stop there. We need to know that he said, Moses, I have an assignment for you. I want you to go and be the leader to lead them out. That is an awesome responsibility. But do you remember and do you know how it ended with uh, Moses? I'm just going to jump and let me remind you that Moses was a mighty man of God, and Aaron and him did awesome things. They went and sought the Lord in their temple and kept talking to them. But what did the Israelites do? They had so many miracles. They, they did everything of, to get them set free. And Pharaoh finally said, go. And then Pharaoh then um, didn't think that he came to his senses, I guess you might say, and that he realized that he had been blinded by the Lord. And all of a sudden, he realized that all the, all the workers are now gone. So he went after them. And if you just keep on reading Exodus, that they saw the waters. But guess what? There is no way that in Exodus chapter 14 that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart of Egypt in Exodus 14 verse 8 and that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. And as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there was the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified, and they cried, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? And there is that lack of faith. Woe is me. Lord, are you really? Do you really? Look what just happened. My spouse has got another person. They're getting engaged. They're getting married. What, what is happening? That's what I heard from Bob. I'm getting married. You know, I, and I know we have non-covenant marriages. But I know that there are marriages that get married that within two or three weeks, four weeks, I have stories of that they, they all of a sudden come to their senses and walk away from that. It could be two years. It could be Sandra and Andy, where their testimony is, is that he said no to the Lord for 10 years. And they got remarried, and now they're sharing their testimony with our people all, over, all around the world. And so God can do anything. It's not the number of years that we need to walk in fear. It's walking in fear that we don't obey Christ. That's the fear. 
because we will go on a detour road, and we're going to go on the detour road that, you know, that will be worse than our spouses because we know better. Our spouses may not know. They may not even know the Lord, but regardless, they have become backslidden. So it says, leave us alone. Let us serve the objections. It would have been better for us to serve the objections than to die in the desert. And Moses, verse 13, said, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And this is a word for you guys. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then verse 15 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after you. So I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen... And they got the victory. But they didn't get the victory just one time or two times or three times. They kept getting victories over and over. But they kept complaining and grumbling and criticizing and complaining. And you need to read Exodus because we need to learn from Exodus that we will not do that. We can go on to Numbers chapter 20. Because I want to tell you, as awesome as Moses was, he did not finish well. He finished well, but he didn't get to do his heart's desire. His heart's desire was to take the Israelites into the promised land. But something happened. And, and when they were going in and getting ready to go in, and that's um, Numbers um, chapter 20, they, they were to the city they went and they arrived at the desert of Zin. They, um, Miriam died and was buried. And it's, it's like an actual a, a movie, if you will read this Bible, because it just keeps going on and on, one generation to another. But I, I, I challenge you to read the Old Testament. You may want to read only one chapter a day, but, but read the New Testament and do a little bit of everything, because you don't want just to eat on the New Testament. You want to read about what... God has used so many marvelous people to be such good teachers for us. But there was no water. And guess what? If you don't have water, you're in trouble, you know? And, but how many times did God do answer prayers for them? How many times? Frightening how many times? For 40 years, they had been disobedient and, and were keep going around in a circle instead of getting to where they could have gone to in such a short time. But the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron again. They got mad at the leaders. And they quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's uh, com community into this desert? And Moses went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And that's where they went to church, where the Holy of Holies was. And he went, and they went face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. In verse 7, it says, the Lord said to Moses, now listen to this. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Do you follow God's instructions? Listen. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, and and gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour it out. And it will pour out its water. Speak, circle it, highlight it, 
do something. Because you will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him, and he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Well, I want to tell you what. You know what God said? I didn't say speak that to the, the people. I didn't tell you to correct them. I said to speak to the rock. But he started speaking and started being the spiritual. He started giving his personal opinion because he was tired of the Israelites being so disobedient and complaining all the time. So he said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock once, twice, and water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Now, that sounds like the end of the happy story. The water. There's water for everybody. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me, to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Wow. You know what? Unless you study the Bible, and unless you read it, you know, Moses sounded pretty good all the way up in Exodus. I mean, in Numbers chapter 20, you know what? He did not get to go to the promised land. He died before they went to the promised land. And that's where I want you to say, don't do that. Don't give up. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at the circumstances. We have got to come to the point that the Lord, and, and, and praise the Lord, this is the, the good news. We had Jesus Christ die on the cross, and now he has paid the price. Moses didn't have Jesus Christ back then. They had the calves and the bulls and the goats and all the things that they had to bring in to sacrifice. But we have got to take note. This word is for us to learn that when the Lord says, speak to the person that's doing your nails, that you're going to pray for them. I am in a, a, a nail place that nobody speaks English. Now, I know the women will know what I'm talking about. And so I told her I would pray for her that she would pass her real estate license. She wrote me a big letter, four pages, that she was sick half the week that she took off from work, and she didn't get to study as much as she wanted. But when I came in this, uh, this weekend, they, she said to me, Did you get my letter? Did you see I passed? The real estate license? And I said, it's really hard. I know you really did good. And now she takes off three days. And, I, and so I started whispering to her so carefully because I've got everybody around me that she would, they would probably say, get her out of here. And I said, the Lord loves you. And the Lord wants you to talk to him so you can make sales and you can do that. She said, i got so much to learn. I said, and I said, well, just believe 
that Jesus loves you every day. And I said, would you, do you like to read? And I said, she goes, yes. And I said, boy, if I sent you a Bible, would you read it? She goes, yes. So she pulls out her little card, her new business card. And I said, okay, I'll get you a Bible. So I got somebody to go to the Christian bookstore today when we bought Bibles for here. We, I bought her a Bible. So I'm going to send that Bible to her home. And I told her, Jesus loves you. Now, that's bold. Because I am thinking everybody around me is hearing me. But you know what? I could scream it. I've been praying for these people for years to remove the little things, all Buddhas all around. And I'm going to have a day when they're going to be gone and I'm going to have the whole place serving the Lord because I believe that nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe? You believe you're supposed to come home? I'm believing for this group, this whole, whole little office whole business is going to come to know the Lord because Charlene kept going there and praying for them. Who do you need to pray for? Who do you need to pray for? We cannot give up, and we need to stand firm. We need to say, Lord, what instructions are you telling me every day to do? Don't stay up so late, Charlene. Get to bed earlier. Now, I must say that my children say that very well, and if any of you have read, and I have friends that say it too, but if, if any of you have read my devotional since I got out of the hospital, all the doctors said I wore myself out. So am I being obedient? I, I, you know when you write or teach something, the Lord is speaking to you the whole time you're doing it. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, I will do that. I promise I will, I will really, really try. And, but we need to make a commitment together. What is one thing that the Lord's been knocking at your heart's door that you need to do? You know, there's probably one thing all of us in this room need to do. And tonight, I pray that whatever it is, that the first step that we're going to do is turn our heart and our life over to the Lord and follow his instructions. Now, I'm going to do a devotional on this so you can get a whole bunch more scriptures that I have four pages worth. But I want you to know that he wants to rebuild your marriage. And do you remember what Noah said when he had to build an ark? He built an ark and there was no rain. And we've got to understand that, that that, that seems impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. And we need to understand that. Noah, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. I pray that's what I do. I pray that's what you do. That when the Lord tells us to do something, to call your husband to do this, to do that, to bless somebody else, that you will, in Proverbs, uh, remember what we said, apply your heart to instructions. Verse 23 Proverbs 23, verse 12, and your ears to words of knowledge. Seek the Lord, and he is going to speak loud to you. Ask him to turn up the volume on his voice so that you can hear and know. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.